rock and roll. And cue music. Diving headfirst into another episode. And I, for right. one, am actually not one to get super excited about things. Pretty excited about this one. But uh, I think this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm dressed for the occasion. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. I like that shirt. Yeah. Except I don't wear it too often because I don't like white t-shirts. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't mind wearing a white shirt. I think It's I, just they feel different or something. I feel like I always just look weird in them. I don't mm-hmm. know. Plus, I'm a slob. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you, the day I wear a white fucking shirt is always the day that we go out for Mexican food. I eat salsa and drip fucking yeah. salsa down my chest and belly, and, <laughs> and I just look like a fucking moron. But yeah, man, so non-makeup era, the third era of Kiss. Yeah. Really excited to see where this goes, because I think it's such a, it's a weird era. I was even thinking that earlier today. It is a weird era. But when I was first getting into KISS, like, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, this is kind of the one I actually gravitated to because at first, because this had like a wide variety of songs, you know, but then when you start diving through stuff and you keep going back, it's like you go back further. That classic era, you know, with all four of the original guys, they just have that straight rock and roll sound. But I guess where I was going with this is like... I didn't know until I dove into the history, but why there's so many different sounds in this era was almost like chasing other bands and other sounds instead of just, you know, what they were doing as their own thing. Yeah, well, I think they were trying to figure out a way to be as big without the makeup. Yeah, or like rebrand themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, that's probably why all the outside songwriters were brought in and, you know, the Desmond Child songs and stuff and Michael Bolton and Hmm. everybody. Yeah. Everybody and their brother wrote on a Kiss record. Pretty much. I mean, I was like eight years old when Hot in the Shade <laughs> came out, and I fucking I co-wrote a couple songs. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by some of the lyrics, it wouldn't be too surprising. Did you write Read My Body? I might have. Are the letters big enough? Well, so that's the funny <laughs> thing about this era to me is that there's kind of like two different, well, I would say there's three kind of songs for me, right? There's the songs that I think are genuinely like really killer rock songs. And then there's like the really cheesy songs that are so bad, but they're so catchy that they're just undeniable. And they're kind of like a guilty pleasure in a way, right? Yeah, 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 actually. And then there's some stuff that's so terrible that I've just, I can't. I just can't even fucking like (laughs) laugh at it. Like it's just not even funny. It's like, fuck, that's bad. (laughs) You know? Yeah, because actually before we get too far into this, but we already said it because of my t-shirt and you even mentioned Hot in the Shade. I would think that would be a killer album if they would trim the fat off there. There's no reason for that to be 15 yeah, songs. because there are some great songs. On yeah, there. but it's like but some of that stuff is just so yeah. dumb that it's like, next, I'm like skipping through it oh, kind of yeah. to get to the good stuff. Yeah, it's not, yeah, I don't want to give anything away yeah. song choice-wise, but I feel like Lick It Up and I would say Asylum and Almost Animalize, but I think Lick It Up and Asylum are like the two most solid I could put those albums on, and there's really, like, 
I may not love every single song, but it's like a solid listen front to back. Yeah. I don't hate anything really on them, but like Crazy Nights and Hot in the Shade definitely have those two. Some really <laughs> skippable yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's some really bad shit mm-hmm. on there. But some great stuff, too. Huh, so we're kind of on the same page, I'm basically. Yeah, I'm pretty intrigued to see if we yeah. got a lot of the same picks because I wouldn't be surprised if we did because I feel like, to me, there's just some undeniably great shit. It yeah. wasn't even a hit, you know what I mean? But some of the hits are great, you know? Anyhow, so the other thing we were going to do before we get into this part of it, since it's kind of the main event, but we were going to do the... Uh, honorable mention we were going to base it off of the comeback albums like psycho circus through what a sonic boom and monster Monster, yeah yeah so so it's like i guess for this one we got seven albums because i figured carnival is part of this right so seven albums for our top 10 but then yeah the other three because it's not much to do there's no way i couldn't make you a top five list out of the other three albums i mean there's just no fucking way in hell yeah i i can maybe pick three that i dig like really like you know and that'd be about it but yeah so so it's like if you got so you can start them off yeah so my honorable mention was actually a pick from sonic boom track modern day delilah like oh yeah that is good yeah i thought that was just a really solid song and it kind of made me when i first heard it because they put that out as the single and it made me a little bit more hopeful like oh fuck because i didn't like psycho circus at all that's not to say that there's not a couple tracks on there i don't mm-hmm. uh kind of like because there are a couple i like but um i just didn't get into it like there's a couple songs on psycho circus that i dug later at, like i hated psycho circus the song when it came out I don't know why. I just fucking hated it. Now I can go back and listen to it and be like, uh, I mean, I, I dig it enough for what it is and whatnot, but otherwise that record was a total throwaway. So when Modern Day Delilah came out, I thought, shit, man, like this new Kiss record might actually be really fucking cool. Didn't really end up being the case, but I do really think that song is really good. I think that because to me it was the one time they captured like a modern sounding version of a classic Kiss kind of sound. It had like that kind of old school, you know, Kiss in their prime in the 70s. It sounds more like it should have been the follow-up to like to Rock and Roll or something. Over. Or, yeah, 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 Rock yeah. and Roll Over, more so than anything that really came after that classic yeah. era. So, yeah, or it kind of like, seemed like, even going back to the classic era, it kind of seemed like they almost tried to shoehorn like, oh, okay, we're going to have Tommy Thayer sing a song. Now we're going to have Eric Singer sing a song, because that's what we right. used to do in the old days, which yeah. it kind of seemed kind of like, do you really need to have Tommy sing? I mean, yeah, it seems like that whole concept should have been left in the classic era. I actually got two honorable mentions that I wrote down because they're like the two that I actually do like from Psycho Circus, and I'll go back to them and I'll listen to them. Dreamin', the Paul song, and then Within, like uh, the Jeems song. Yeah, yeah, and I saw that I think Within was a leftover from the Carnival album, Carnival of Souls, right? So it kind of, it kind yeah. of sounds I just exactly that like that. Yeah, it's almost like a better produced version of something from that record. Yeah, and I don't mind those songs, and I'll admit, I like them. I go back to that. If I go back to the album, I just basically listen to those two songs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Isn't Dreamer the one that 
or dreaming is the one dreaming sorry uh, uh brian sent us the text about yeah. it was like a lawsuit with alice cooper yeah kind of lifting 18 um, 18 like, yeah I don't care. I think he. Can. I hadn't listened to it in so long yeah. that I kind of didn't even think about that. But then now when I hear it, there's no denying it, and I'm like, ah, fuck, you know. But I mean, it is pretty blatant. Yeah. But whatever. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but there's there's been worse stuff than that. Oh, but maybe has, they yeah. just like didn't credit them. Right. Whereas some of the other stuff that's more blatant, maybe they obviously do credit people. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Don't All know. that about songwriting, but. Well, it's one of those things. They all borrow from each other, so fuck it. Yeah. Like, is it blatant and obvious to where they maybe should have been like, oh, shit. Yeah, but I don't fucking know. Gene, yeah, it's Gene, still a good song. I like it. Yeah, I mean, if I you don't dig care. it. If people dig it and it turns out good, who gives a shit? I mean, yeah, that's my thought. I used to kind of be, have more of a kind of dickheaded mindset towards that kind of stuff maybe 10 years ago, but now I'm like, ah, whatever, man. Like, yeah. They all do it, you know. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. The Beach Boys. How many fucking Chuck Berry songs did they just change and write about surfing, yeah. you know? Or uh, Sandy and Shandy. <laughs> yeah, Sandy, yeah. Paul's so guilty. Yeah. <laughs> He's boy. He didn't give a fuck on that one. <laughs> I heard the song called Sandy, though. I just wrote a song called Shandy. <laughs> Here, I got a question for you that I wrote down yesterday. Well, you're a guitar player. Maybe. As a guitar Some player. Some people might argue yeah. with you on that one, but. Well, I mean, strictly just from a guitar playing mindset or whatever, who do you prefer? Uh, Ace, Bruce, Vinny, or even Mark St. John? Well, that's tough to say because Bruce is like probably, in my opinion, the best guitar player, technically speaking. Like, yeah. Vinny was great at being Vinny and doing his thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Mark St. John, just, I don't know. He didn't really have a much. Much to go from. Yeah, either. there's not a lot to judge from there. I mean, but I mean, yeah, technically, it just seems like he was really good at just doing like the fast sweeping shit, like, you know, just yeah. blazing fast or whatever. Of the time. But yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, out of those guitar players, I would say Bruce, just because I feel like he was more well rounded. But he also was in the band the longest. So, I mean, there was more to choose from. Like, who knows if they stuck with Vinny, how it would have gone, or Mark St. John, like they might have grew yeah. into the same band where they were putting out really killer records with them, and maybe their guitar playing would have fit the band better, like, you know, as they grew yeah. as a band. I mean, Ace is like the classic kiss. It's hard to really, like, you can't really say you prefer anybody over Ace because he was the guy, like, you can't, I don't know. I mean, you can, you can say whatever the fuck you want yeah. and prefer whatever you want, but to me, like, that's my kiss, like, the classic kiss is, like, the shit. Like, everything, you know, everything through rock and roll over. I mean, I'm not a big Love Gun fan, but even that record, you know, that's that's Kiss. Yeah. You know, like, Bruce Kulick, technically better player. But who is Kiss's guitar player? It's Ace. I mean, yeah, it just is what it is. I was just thinking about that because yesterday, like, I was going back over just listening to my songs again. And I'm like, man, Bruce has some killer stuff on there. Like, he has some, like, I prefer him over Vinny yeah. or whatever. Because well, Vinny just shred, seemed like, like Vinny, yeah. But it was tasteful, too. But then Ace has, like, yeah, the classic solos and stuff. Anything you think about, it's like, yeah, that solo. Like, Well, that's why I was saying not the characters, though. Just the, No, yeah, just I know what you mean. Like, Close your eyes or whatever. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah. but if it comes down to sound, like, I mean, if you prefer the classic Kiss, those first records, I mean, then, like, Ace is your guy because that's yeah. the sound. The 80s stuff is cool, but it just almost is like a totally different band. 
I mean, it yeah. was. It was, you know, half the guys weren't even yeah, the same true, fucking yeah. guys. So. But, I mean, I do think that Eric Sanger and Bruce Kulik, that lineup was probably technically like, and I love Eric Carr, but, I mean, there was just something, you know, revenge came out, and that was like really, I don't know, that's where I kind of got turned on to him anyhow. Like, yeah. I didn't really, really, really get into Kiss until revenge came out. They even worked together, like, later, the Eric Singer project, where they just did cover songs, but they were right. playing outside of Kiss, I guess because maybe they got along or they're friends, so, yeah, yeah. they kind of had, like, a chemistry you know, he's still in Kiss, but I feel like he's just something about him. He just seems like he's more grounded yeah. than maybe the other guys in Kiss. Yeah. Like his head's not quite up his own ass as far. <laughs> I might be wrong. I have no fucking clue. I yeah. haven't met the fucking guy, but uh, I don't That's the vibe I get. Maybe he knows his role. Hey, I'm a hired gun, so yeah, hey, he that, that's all I kind of do. I played with Alice Cooper before. I played with, like, you fuck, know. Fuck, I'm getting paid, ain't I? Yeah. Badlands, so hey, I'll play with whoever. You want me to dress like a fucking cat? Cool. I'm going to look like Peter Chris for, you know. An hour every night? Okay. <laughs> well, he even gig, did you know? the Paul Stanley uh, Soul Station <laughs> stuff, too. He was on that. Oh, so. Yeah. I guess we all make bad decisions oh. there. Hey, right. I, I bought that album. <laughs> I don't care. I'll... I guess we all make bad decisions, Andy. <laughs> Maybe that's on another Guilty Pleasure episode. Oh, man. I don't know. So then what's your first one for this top ten? All right. So, uh, yeah. So uh, we're doing everything. Look it up through Carnival. My pick, my number ten, which I waited till today to settle on because it's really hard because there's a lot of material yeah. in this and a lot of stuff that I really like, a lot of stuff I hate. But one song, and I don't think it's really a guilty pleasure so much because it has become such a staple of a Kiss song. And my son has tried like hell to make me fucking hate it, which with some songs, he's kind of done it. But I can't help it, but lick it up. It's just one of those, it's like, it is kind of a dumbass song, but it's undeniably catchy. It has become, I mean, it's such a Kiss song that, I mean, they play it now with makeup on. Yeah. In their set, in their live set, and it fits. Like, it just, it's one of those songs that just, it fits Kiss even as the old school Kiss. You know what I mean? So, I I had no problem just saying, you know what, like that's going on my list, even though for the most part it wasn't a very hit-heavy list. It's funny that you mentioned Lick It Up because I talked to Kenny, and we talked about Creatures of the Night a while ago, a couple months ago, and I hadn't watched any of those videos in a while, but I remembered that Lick It Up was the first one, you know, where they were without makeup. So where I'm going with this was Kenny's like, yeah, they looked really stupid when they first showed him because they show, he said something like they showed their feet for a while. Then the camera kind of pulls up and it like finally reveals their faces. And so when we were here for your like holiday party, I think it was, and Harry was just had like a oh, constant, God, yeah. a, it was like a constant rotation of maybe the same three Kiss songs. It was. It wasn't a huge playlist. It wasn't just that but night, it was buddy. Just, it was the whole fucking weekend. It was like three songs on loop. And I'm sitting there in full view of the TV, and I'm just actually, like, I remember what Kenny said, and that was going through my head, and I just stood there, like, waiting for that, you know. It's got the chicks looking at them, then it shows their feet, then it gets back to the chicks, then it goes to, like, their torso, and then, boom, it shows their face, and I just, yeah, like, I was just about to burst up laughing because... It's cringeworthy for sure, man. It's so bad. Because I think, and I remembered something, too. Gene was saying he almost had an identity crisis. He kind of didn't know what to do without the makeup because he's not the demon, and it took him a while. And it's like, yeah, yeah. he's doing a demon-like pose, like where he's like, oh, like this. It looks creepy without the makeup. Yeah, but it looks, 
Yeah, like it looks weird. Like he's doing like a demon kind of like a scowl thing and everybody else is singing along. And yeah, he just looks out of place. Well, probably that same weekend because Harry was just playing that shit nonstop. But it was like at one point me and Courtney were sitting on the couch that day and he's just playing this shit over and over again. And I'm sitting there watching that video and I'm like, I told Courtney, I go, Jesus Christ. I go, Gene, he looks like a sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just she goes yeah he does like it's fucking creepy yeah he looks fucking cre- they all look weird and out of place like yeah. they don't know what to do yeah like just awkwardly walking and lip syncing and yeah it was just poorly edited for what they had like I mean you do the shoot and then you got this to work with and you're sitting there as an ed- editor probably saying like what the fuck do I do with this well I would have probably moved shit around more. Like, there would have been, like, more, like, don't fucking have the camera on them too long while they're doing this awkward walking and holding their fist up like this. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess you can say it was an early video because it's what, 83 and MTV was, like, came out in 81. And it was before all the performance videos, you know, Bon Jovi and shit. But it's like, yeah, they should have had them do more than just, like, walking. Uh, it was so bad. It's like, you just so wanna, yeah, just keep walking, guys. I feel like just Paul had walking. to come up with the idea, right? It's like, I got an idea. We're just going to walk, and then we're going to hold our fist up like we're going to give people knuckle sandwiches. <laughs> uh, and then Gene's like, yeah, well, I'm just going to kind of hunch over like this and, and scowl a lot. Scowl, and, and they just needed to work on that for sure. So what was your number 10? I feel like I know what it is now because... See, I thought it's one going back to that Christmas party. So I thought it was going to be something when you said Harry was about making you hate a song. New Year's Eve, right? Wasn't it New Year's Eve or was it? Oh, it was New Year's. I just remembered it was like a holiday party, I guess. Like, sorry. Because sometimes you do Christmas, sometimes you do. No, I know. We we would normally try to do like a holiday party, I think. But we kind of just did the, yeah. Yeah, like my bad. Because, yeah, you had, I think last year was the ugly sweater Because now you just made me feel bad for not hosting a Christmas party. Well, man, there's so much (laughs) stuff going on all over the holidays. But holiday party. So anyways, going back to the holiday party. Whatever it was. This is one that Harry was playing. It was like the rotation of between three Kiss videos getting hammered into your head. So my number 10 is from Revenge and also from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, Jesus. God gave rock and roll to you, to you, and you, and you, and that means you, people. <laughs> there, now I'm done for posting. Man, I got to tell you. Life sometimes can get tough, and I know life sometimes can be a drag, but people, we have been given a gift. We have been given a road, and that road's name is Rock and Roll. I had a bad feeling how we were saying like there's a lot of really good strong songs there's a lot of cheesy as hell songs and then there's just bad stuff i was going back like this and one <laughs> uh, i hate that song i just gotta tell you I'm and sorry. i didn't actually i had it on my list but then i took it off because there's too much stuff but then once you said that you hated this song because of harry i put it back on here i'm like <laughs> oh i don't hate I'll it because of harry i just here. hate it oh uh, okay well i, I just, put it back on i just hate it more because i'm tired of coming down the stairs and like He's listening to goddamn God Gave Rock and Roll to You, too. Like, it's the sequel to something. Yeah. You know? And he's listening to that shit, like, first thing in the morning, and I haven't even had my coffee yet. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you hate your father? <laughs> See, that's why I had to put it on here, just for that sound. It's like, first of all, right first of all, <laughs> God didn't give rock and roll to you. It was Satan. Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay? The only thing that the Christians ever got right was the fact 
that Satan gave us rock and roll. So, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyhow, now that I just offended, you know, everybody that goes to church that listens to our podcast, but I can't really imagine that anybody that gotten this far along into our podcast, they can't be that religious because they would not listen to my mouth. Yeah. Not this long. How many episodes <laughs> are we in? Like a hundred and some episodes? Yeah. I don't I don't think they would have hung in. Oh, right. Here was something, though, one little noteworthy thing about this. I saw something where Paul, he didn't want it on the album because he didn't think it fit Revenge. And I was kind of thinking where it kind of doesn't because they were almost going for like a tough kind of leather kind of image. Yeah, it was a heavier And this is like... Way more cheesy, like would have fit on like Crazy Nights or like a Asylum or something, and so it's kind of like yeah, that Anthem rock. So it almost doesn't fit. But I it's think like... I hate it because it's on Revenge because oh, it yeah. fucks the record up. Yeah, like it's the only gut in my opinion. I know you like it, so I'm not trying to dog on your pick. Oh. But in my opinion, my not so humble opinion, because I'm an asshole, but it fucks that record up, man. Like, yeah, God, it's such a good like. Heavy record, and there's some cheese dick stuff on there, but there has to be. It's Kiss. Like, yeah. You kind of expect it, but, like, God gave rock and roll to you? Like, what the fuck are you even trying to do? Like, now all of a sudden, in, yeah. in a record full of, like, unholy and fucking take it yeah. off and domino? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, God... God gave rock and roll to you. Shut the fuck up. Like, hey. you just ruined the record talking about all this... Fucking heathenistic shit. On the eighth day, God created rock and rolls. <laughs> damn it, man. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Just be kiss. Be sleazy. Yeah. Well, God gave rock and roll to you. Sorry, I feel bad because all of a sudden I just realized I'm fucking just going off on your pick. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. That's why I put it on there because I thought it would get under your skin. You maybe. just wanted to fire yeah. me up. God damn yeah. it. All right. Well, now that you're fired up, what's your number nine? My number nine. Case in point to what I was just arguing about Revenge is a song from Revenge. Wow. And it was the first song I heard from Revenge. I think it was the first single. I heard it and just instantly fucking thought it was great. And of course, I think I was 12 or something, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like a knucklehead preteen, like, ooh, ooh, they're almost, they're like saying they just want to fuck. Ooh. So I just want to. It's an undeniably catchy song. It's so stupid. Like, they thought they were being <laughs> yeah. edgy by being like, oh, I just want to fuck, you know, yeah. and then, oh, I just want to forget you. Like, God, so stupid. Like, if I was in a band with somebody and they came up with that idea, I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't get to write any more lyrics ever. <laughs> but for some reason with them, they're like one of those bands that can get away with this. They just do it, and for some reason it works with them. It's so, like, cheesy, like the music, like makes oh, it not cheesy. Like it's, it's kind of like great. you can like pump your fist to well, it. Well, and I just stuff. love the yeah. way it starts with just you know. He starts it off and it kicks it. You know. Yeah. And then, and then I love like the whole. And I used to hate it actually the acapella thing in the middle. Oh, like, really? When I was younger, yeah. I hated it because I was like, I love this song. Why did they fucking put this stupid part in here? Now, I'm like the opposite. Like, I love it. Now, like, it's so fucking dumb yeah. and cheesy sounding, but it's great at the same time. 
I liked it from the start, kind of because it was distinct. It's like you didn't expect well, it, and it was just kinda like how up. I yeah. said, yeah, all their stuff from this era is so different. Yeah, you know, and they were just. And then when it kicks back into another it, verse out of that, it just it's so yeah, like fucking herky jerky in a way, like yeah. that you're like like discombobulated <laughs> by the time you get back to yeah. the actual song. You're like, wait, what the fuck just happened? But it does have it has like the hush Wake baby up. thing or something. Or, yeah, yeah. Hush, baby. I don't know. <laughs> Hush, little baby. Don't say a word. <laughs> Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. Wow. <laughs> Half a Bloody Mary and two drinks from a beer. This is where I'm at. This is like what you get when I get all fired up with too much coffee. God gave rock and roll. This to is what happens it. when you go two hours. You make me wait two extra hours to record. I drink more coffee because I didn't want to start drinking and be like, Half cocked by the time we started. Satan gave rock and roll to you. Right. <laughs> and then right. had Gene sing it. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. 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 Is it just me or is Gene kind of like a uh, uh, macho man Randy Savage? Kind of. With a bass guitar. Yeah. I've seen memes where it's Rob Zombie's macho man because they've got the jackets and the hats. <laughs> and he's always like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn, dude. Somebody should just take like a bunch of Gene songs where he's just doing like the yeah and then a bunch of like Rob Zombie yeah and just like somehow mash them together in some kind of mashup but then put like video to it where it's just Macho Man Randy Savage like pointing at the camera and oh yeah brother like doing all that shit or I guess but anyhow I think I think Whitey would like it well my number nine is a Gene Simmons song and I actually have Way more Gene Simmons songs from this era than probably the other two, and more than I expected. So number nine is a Gene song from Asylum. It's Trial by Fire. And it's probably not, I don't know if anybody else would even give two shits about this song. But there's just something about it where it's got the, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) It's got that gene, like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just kind of sticks in my head. Yeah, I don't dislike that song at all. I like that one. Yeah, It's one that you kind of made up for that last pick of yours. (laughs) And I think Bruce, how I was going with Bruce, like his guitar stuff, he, I think, wrote it with Gene. And it's got some kind of like... It's got good music to it, too. I mean, I don't know. Right. I think it's a good just rock song. It doesn't have any, like, dumb, like, Gene being creepy stuff, or it doesn't have just some kind of, like, dumb shit, you know? Right. It just seems like a straight-up good, solid rock song, and I like it. Well, and it's, yeah, sometimes with Kiss, I feel like it's nice to just get that, especially out of this era. Like, there's a lot of stuff that was, like... Like, yeah, they weren't trying to... I don't want to quote too many songs, because I know, yeah. you know, I start talking about songs, and then if it's on your list, your face... Yeah. Gives it away sometimes. Yeah, because I don't have a good poker face yeah, at all. I would never play poker with you. Or, well, unless, unless I stopped liking you. Well, we day, have in the I garage before, and I think Chris was basically coaching me because I don't oh. really know much about poker. Right. Well, that wasn't even money. That was just for yeah. plastic chips that didn't equal right. anything. So, yeah. I don't like the idea of playing for money, not yeah. with friends. Motherfuckers kill each other for. You know, twenty bucks. I mean, we should play for records. No, that ain't gonna happen either. <laughs> It'd be the one day I yeah. just really well. Yeah, I mean, I either win big or lose big. So it'd be a good idea if I ever needed to like make room in here and was like, well, okay, 
a side note, that actually would be kind of a fun thing is to get some just some records that maybe you're on the fence about and you might want to get rid of to clean up some records. So we all just do a record poker game. Like maybe the next time Denny's in town or something, just well, do like a white elephant record thing. I've seen that. They did and then you got to like trade them off or something. There was a white elephant at work one day and like, well, it was, I had left the department, I think. Like I wasn't in the warehouse anymore and I went out there and. There was a Corey Hart record sitting there. The one with Never Surrender on it. I can't remember the name uh, of the album. But, huh. um, I have it now because somebody had brought it in for a white elephant gift as a joke. And I'm like, why is this record here? Oh, it was a white elephant gift. <laughs> well, you want it? I'm like, no. Why do you? Fuck yeah. I was like, I love that song. I'll take that fucker home. So my number eight. So this one is probably the most different one on my list. Hmm. I could not put it on there because I do really love this song, and I feel like it's just really overlooked. <laughs> the look you're giving me is like you suspect we might have a Oh, no, pick. I don't know. I don't so know Hot how in the I Shade is from Hot in the Shade. Oh. It's the Eric Carr song. Little Caesar. Oh, cool, cool. I love that song. I love it because... In a way, I was on the fence about putting it on this list because it does not sound anything like Kiss. Like, it literally sounds nothing like anything from this fucking era. And the great thing about it is it sounds like fucking extreme. Like, listen to it again and think about it. But it's like, that fucking song sounds like the best extreme song that extreme never fucking put out. I'm not saying it's like a great fucking song as far as, like, lyrical content and shit. Like, I'm just, I mean, it's Kiss, right? So you get what you get. But... That's kind of what I mentioned before. Like, I'm going to contradict myself when I say that I don't really need them to ever go back and try to recreate the 70s vibe of giving everybody a song to sing. And I don't think they needed to do this. I don't think they should have done it. Uh, See, I think they kind of maybe should have done it. Let him sing at least something. Because he sang some at the concert. He's a great singer. So I'm not arguing that. But it's just that, to me, it's like, okay, well, now you have this band. You have Bruce and you got Eric, right? Well, if you can't do it just full on and let everybody sing, because Bruce ain't going to sing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, if you can't do it exactly like you did it already, don't do it at all. I'm just saying, digging how they did that in the 70s and kind of giving each member a personality. I kind of think just moving into the 80s, they shouldn't have done it. They just should have been like Paul and Gene, and that was it. Yeah, you're saying the original era was more organic rather than like trying to force it. So it's weird that I'm saying all that because this fucking song is awesome but what i want from this song is i want like a whole fucking record that sounds like this song and for it to just not be called kiss i just want it to be like this own its own little thing out there you know but i i couldn't put not put it on here i mean it's so fucking cool like the harmonies and shit on the chorus just it's dude it has such a fucking extreme vibe i mean and i love extreme those first two records fucking love them I really love this song for the fact that, it, to me, it's the one song that truly sounds like a completely different fucking band. Out of this whole era and all these albums, what we say, seven albums? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there's this one song that just stands out and is really a good song with a really different sound and doesn't even sound like the same band, and I think that's just fucking awesome. So, And it doesn't sound like the same band in a good way. You know, like in a really good way to where it's like, God damn, like it makes you wonder what they would have been capable of. And I guess to make your point and 
contradict everything I just said as an argument against myself. Like maybe they should have had fucking Eric sing like way more songs. I always look at the credits on that. You know, when I'm buying stuff and he like had a few writing credits, you know, here and there. So it's kind of weird. So when Bruce joined, he basically, boom, he was like a part of the band from the start, like writing, you know, on Asylum. He had writing credits on Crazy Nights all the way through all of his albums. And it seemed like Eric, and even in the book, Paul, in his book, he admits that they kind of just kind of like almost downplayed Eric or whatever. And then they didn't really appreciate him or something like that until later. So it sounds like, yeah, they kind of just, Until he died, and then it was like, whoops. Yeah, they kind of downplayed (laughs) his contributions or something. Uh, So it's kind of nice that he actually did get a song to sing. Yeah. so It's a great song, man. I stand behind that one 100%. Like I said, I almost was reluctant to put it on there just because it almost does not sound... It doesn't seem like a Kiss song. Your number eight? My number eight is going along. I've had one from Revenge already, and I've had a Gene song already. So now this is a Gene song from Revenge, and it's another dumb one that I can't, like, not smile when I listen to it. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. So, yeah, that's my number seven. Oh, I thought it was the next one in line. I had to pull it up to make sure that I... Yeah, because it's almost (laughs) like how the Gene's got that... Yeah, he does a lot of that. He's like, look out. Ooh, and he's got like, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. He sounds like he's Growling cutting wrestling and... promo sound bites. Well, and it's, and yeah. Stuff. So I don't know. It's just, it's just hard to like, like not enjoy it when you're listening it to is. it. It is. I love that song. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like when I was younger, it's like I listened to it and I was like, yeah, yeah, the son of a bitch must be crazy. <laughs> you know, but anyhow, uh, so, yeah, from, like, a childlike perspective, because, like I said, I bought this album, I'm like, 12, right? Yeah. And so I get to that song, and I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, he fucking told them, hypocrite Christian motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, like, but now it does seem dumb, right? Like, it almost yeah. seems like some kind of, like, childish lyrics yeah. in a way. Like, I, I don't know, but, like, I would just never write a song like this and say these kinds of things yeah. because they're pretty just silly. But then it's it's yeah. kids too. It's just like, but this goes back to my point of like, I'm fine with this being on there. Yeah. I'm fine with like Kiss trying to make some sort of like weird religious point and failing. Yeah, it kind of to me not really. Maybe I wasn't focusing on as much of the religious thing because there is something where he's like, yeah, kind of saying like, yeah, fuck off to you yeah. for like preaching to me. Well, but, it's just thou shalt not. Yeah. It's just kind of like he's just contradicting that whole thing of like. Oh, you can't yeah. do this because it's a sin. It kind of seemed know. to me like it went back to the one song that I like that then he ended up putting on Wendy O. Williams' record. It's my life and I'll do what I want to do. So it's right. kind of like another yeah. version of that. So, it is, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's cool. You know, it's it's just I think that when I think about it now, I'm like, well, were they trying to make a point? Like, was he maybe trying to think that he was going to, like, make some kind of point and get under somebody's skin? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't know the intent without talking to him. And, of course, if you talk to Gene in 1992 or 91, probably, when this record was recorded, right? Was it, it came out in the spring of 92. So, so they would have probably recorded in 91. 91. Yeah. So, anyhow, if you talk to him back then, he'd probably tell you one thing. You ask him about it now, 
he'd probably tell you a totally different thing. But yeah, he's probably like, well, all this stuff coming off the '80s stuff. Oh, if you listen to rock and roll, you worship Satan. Yeah. You know, I mean, so dude, he's saying no, I don't. Or like what the Knights in Satan service. It's almost kiss. one of those things where yeah. it's like it falls under the guilty pleasures category yeah. in a way because it's. It's just like it's almost cringeworthy, and you're rolling your eyes at some of the lyrics. But then at the same time, you're like, "Yeah, but I mean, don't take it too seriously." And it is what it is, and it's just kind of an yeah. anthem for like people that are like, "You know what? I don't need to go to church every Sunday. I'll just fucking you know, I like to have a good time, and I'm not going to apologize for it." Yeah, <laughs> it there comes- you go. Well, there you go. That was my number eight. So that was my number oh, your seven. Your number eight, and you did seven. So should I do my seven yeah. now to get us back on track? Yeah, roll us, roll us back on the track. Well, I know you're not going to have this one. Nobody, I don't expect anyone to ever list this in the top ten, anything with Kiss. But Lord. So my number seven is from Carnival of Souls, and it's a Paul song, I Will Be There. I don't know. I, I don't know. I like this song, and it's like I went back and forth. On I was like, hoping you'd at least say one I thought was cool because there uh, are a few. I don't like nothing made my list. Yeah, like I like some on there. I like like okay. I'll just say the other ones I like. I like the Gene one, uh, Childhood's End, and then there's like In the Mirror, and I like Jungle, but Jungle had. Potential. I will say with Jungle, I would put that on my favorite covers list because I like John Krabi and Union doing it better. His voice sounds better in that song. Like it right. fits more. It fits the rougher kind of, you know, sound right. of the song. But with I Will Be There, I like it because like I guess they were going uh, for something different with this album. They were doing they were trying to do the grunge, like Alice and Chains thing. And this one just sounds like it doesn't sound like that. It doesn't sound like they were going for any kind of, you know, sound. Right. It was just the song Paul was doing and it I wrote down in my note, it's like a departure of a Kiss like song. And I think they kind of pull it off kind of well. And it's not a cheesy, dumb rock song like we've had before. And it's not like a love song. It's a ballad about, you know, his kid. I'll be there. You know what, though? I appreciate the fact that you found something mm-hmm. on there to make the list. Like, I listen yeah. to that record. That's a record that I go back and I revisit probably once a year, right? Kind of like Van Halen 3. Like, yeah. I know I fucking hate it, but I always try to go back and think, okay, this time I'm not going to hate it. Because like Van Halen 3, I want to love it. Eddie's guitar playing is fucking like next level. Like yeah. for him even, it's like next level. There were some songs as it went on where it was like, Jesus, some of the shit he was doing on the guitar. I was like, fuck, like even for him, like he never ceases to amaze me. He's a great player. You know, yeah. I mean, he can do all the, you know, million notes. <laughs> Per second, but I mean, he was just doing shit where I was like, fuck, man, like, that's really great. And I guess to my point, like Van Halen 3 had so many moments like that, but it was like the production sucked and the songs just weren't there. And Gary's voice didn't seem like it fit. And it just, there was all these things working against it to where it was like, man, even Eddie's fucking brilliant playing on this record just doesn't save it. Like, you know, and I feel like Carnival is like, guilty of that in the sense that like i think they were just maybe too worried about trying to do something so different and trying to be too contemporary to where it like really just they were just blinded by that vision almost like uh 
fucking elder. It was almost like fucking songs from the elder. Like yeah, they were trying too again. hard. When they're look, not trying too hard, they actually come up with some good stuff. Yeah. But then they try too hard, and then it's like they just they just shit the bed because they're too busy thinking and not just doing their fucking thing yeah. and putting it out there. And It kind of reminds me of a bit darker version of the sounds on Paul's 78 solo album. It's like a lot darker kind of ballad. Yeah, I could see that. Because he was trying to do something that different on there that wasn't yeah. just like either. Yeah, I mean, he pulled that off. I yeah. mean, that was an artsier record for him, you know. Yeah. I feel like if they took like three or four songs from Psycho Circus and three or four songs from Carnival, it would have been badass. Each album almost isn't even half of a good album. It's like a quarter of a good album. But if right. they'd kind of taken the, like, trimmed the fat and put those together, I would have loved it at least. Maybe that's the bad thing with putting out a record every year is you're like not always getting the best. A record every three or four years, then you might have your best songs instead of just, okay, here's what we got now. So we got to right. put out a record. Right, 50 songs and trim the fat. So my number six is probably, man, it's probably the poppiest song I've got on my list. And maybe other than Lick It Up being my number 10, it's probably the other big hit. I very vividly remember one of my favorite moments when we saw Kiss Live back in 2020. Right before the pandemic. Right before before, the fan, yeah. yeah, It was. It was, yeah, March, right? March, no, Feb- the end February, of February. If, okay. Well, anyhow, I remember we were way, we were pretty high up there. Cool seats still. We were side yeah. of the stage, so pretty close, good view, but up high. And so towards the end of the show, we're kind of like, we had to take a piss, I think. Yeah. And it was like, well, fuck it. Let's just walk out here in the lower bowl. And and anyhow, they kicked into crazy nights, and Gene kind of came overhead on yeah. the fucking little lift thing. And I took the video and sent it to Courtney because I wanted her to show Harry, you know, because Harry was already into Kiss, but he didn't want to go to the concert. Yeah, because I took too a intimidating. Spot. Yeah. Well, I don't think he would have. He just would have been scared the whole time. He was so fucking little. Like, But I yeah. think now he's a little older, and I don't think it would be as intimidating, I think. And he's a little rowdier now. I think he just would have a fucking good time. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, that that can happen. I think that'll be a good memory. But that was one of my favorite memories of that show when we saw Kiss because I didn't, you know, Crazy Nights to me I always thought was a really great catchy song that should have been a bigger hit than yeah. it was. Like I felt like Lick It Up and Heaven's on Fire were always like the two that were the most remembered from that era. I was really happy to see Crazy Nights come into the set list because I fucking love that song. It's undeniably catchy. The riff's fucking great. I mean, the riff's so good. I think they recycled that fucking riff like eight times on that record. There's like a different version of that riff. (laughs) I might be exaggerating, but seriously, if you go back through and you start listening to stuff, it's Mm -hmm. like, I think, yeah, they just, that's Crazy Nights again. But no, I great song, man. And, you know, it's just a fun one. Yeah. It's just fun. I don't know. I think that one deserves more love than it gets. That's it. And I saw them before that in Moline in 2019, and they didn't do that song. So I think they introduced it during that leg when they came to pure, that leg of the tour. But then a few weeks later, Shane Tasser, he said he saw them in California, and they didn't do it. So it was just hmm. a limited window. Well, we so, were lucky, man. We were the yeah. lucky ones. Yeah. Now, the next leg, they come through and do another one. I'm just hoping for a little let's put the X in sex. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
just kidding. Is that on your list? It's not. Oh, okay. I but thought it would be on It your would list. maybe be a guilty pleasure, though, because yeah. it's so fucking dumb. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. But I do like, like, if oh. I put it on in the car. Okay, I'm going to confess something. <laughs> I ran to Morton today to get the shrimp that I got thawing out right now. Because I just really wanted cocktail shrimp, so I was like, yeah. I'm just going to drive in there and <laughs> get. I had to get the Dixon's. Dixon's is closed on Sunday, oh, yeah. but this Muscleman Meat Shop in Morton, they're open and they sell Dixon's cocktail shrimp. So I'm like, I gotta go. I want cocktail. Muscleman's are they a lot of like strong like? No, just a bunch of dudes. <laughs> bunch of dudes <laughs> and, and an old shrimp. lady. Oh. They're not that impressive, but uh, anyhow, I put smashes, thrashes, and hits in the CD mm. player. I cranked Let's Put the X in Sex. I kind of cracked the window down a little bit because mm-hmm. it's kind of nicer today, yeah. and I was kind of like, fuck yeah. What can I say? Love's like a muscle, and you make me want to flex. <laughs> Dude, such... But that's, like, so bad that there's yeah. so many memorable, terrible fucking lines in that song. Like, it's just so bad. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So, what are you going to do with it, you know? Yeah. Just crank it and enjoy it for what it is. It was the 80s. Fuck yeah, dude. What a time to be alive. Hey, people thought mullets were a good idea, so. Yeah. So, what's your number six? My number six, six is six. is from Asylum. So, really, kind of, I basically stick to Asylum and Revenge. So, this one actually starts off the album. King of the Mountain from the sun. Fuck. It's on my list. Oh, yeah? I'm not going to tell you where. Oh, yeah? This kind of was one that I was flip-flopping on because uh, there's a few that I like that didn't make the cut. A Prisoner of Love from Hot in the Shade and then King of Hearts from the same album. They're all ones that have Bruce co-writes, but they all kind of have the same kind of standard where they kind of are these rock, just like solid rock songs and then they go into this huge like solo section and the reason i scrapped prisoner of love and king of hearts because i felt like king of the mountain that was like maybe their statement okay boom we got bruce and then eric kind of kicks off the song with his drums so to me i went with this one because it almost sounds like they're making a statement okay here's this band we're firing on all cylinders boom it just kind of seems like it's got cool parts to it and I couldn't agree with you more, so much so that I'm just going to go ahead and there doesn't need to be a big epic buildup. Was that your number two or one? No, it's my number one. Oh, really? To me, King of the Mountain is hands down the best fucking Kiss song. It's cool, yeah. I love this fucking song. Yeah. Oh, right on. So, boom. I had a hard time believing that we would not have that song on the list. I knew we would have that one in common. I have a few that I think we'll have in common, but... That for sure was one because I just thought like, man, Andy's the kind of guy that's going to dive in deeper and not just have all hits, I think, on this list. And mm. to me, that is so fucking undeniably great. Dude, that's one like, they should do live. Oh, my God. Man, probably it would be awesome. It's so fucking good. But yeah. I mean... I, I almost don't want him to do it live because I just now there's probably tons of people that love the song, but I'm just gonna say that 
from the selfish little space that we're sitting yeah. in right here. Like I want it to be like me and Andy's little secret. Yeah. Like, we're the only two people that love this song yeah. and it's our fucking we thing. We love this song. It's our thing. No one else yeah. is allowed to like this. <laughs> we got the king of the mountain gang. Yeah. We're starting and it's just me and Andy. Nobody else can come in our fucking tree house. But dude, no, fuck. I, yeah, I wasn't going to sit there and be like, oh yeah, that's interesting. And then wait till the very end and be like, oh, yeah. my number one's king of the mountain. Yeah, I never put that song on and don't want to just put my Dude, it's an awesome album opener. Face through the drywall. No, yeah. it's just, no, it is. I feel like this era, they had a little bit of a thing with album openers. It's like they knew just to start the fucking record off yeah, with the right song and to grab people in. They didn't keep us there very long on some of these. But, <laughs> yeah. you know. But, yeah. <laughs> there's some really great opening songs, man. Like, so I didn't really want to give too much away, but I feel like I got a lot of a lot of opening tracks on mine. So. All right. So, wait. Fuck. So, so we've matched up a few times now. And you already gave away. What do we have? We had mm-hmm. Thou See? Shalt Not, and now we had King of the Mountain. Yeah. So you're giving away some of your big ones. Well, that's okay. I feel like, should I go next then? Yeah, like keep it. it in line. Go ahead and just go on next. My number five is Back to Revenge, and it's another Gene song. Uh-oh. I don't know. There's something about Revenge where I think that's Gene's album. It's kind of like, I think I said this before, I feel like Gene owns Creatures of the Night, and he kind of owns Revenge. Right. Usually most of these other albums are like Paul's albums, you know. Yeah. He's got the, you know, hits, or he's got the, like, good songs. But then there's something about it feels like to me when they leaned into this like huge kind of rock or kind of metal sound, Gene just kind of is like a metal dude. He's got the yeah. voice, he's got the low, the low thing. And then even with his goatee, he kind of had a cool look. He you know? actually finally looked cool. He actually looked fucking Without cool. Makeup, and he, he looked finally... kind of almost like demonic, but not being yeah. with the demon makeup. He almost finally pulled yeah. it off. <laughs> yeah, he kind of pulled it off. He's got the leather right. like vests and stuff. Well, and it's no secret, too, mm-hmm. like if you've read some of these books and stuff, that like during the 80s, this whole era, he was more into trying the to movies get into the movies and, and the Miami Vice yeah. and stuff. He was trying to get into the film industry. He wasn't focused. That's why... All the records were really Paul heavy, and what fucking Gene songs you got were pretty dialed in, like just kind of, or you know, phoned in. Yeah, just kind of like, eh. you know, he just kind of was going through the motions to stay in the band, but his heart wasn't maybe in it like it had been yeah. in the past. And I think Revenge was almost like the Gene comeback. Yeah, like he realized, like, okay, I've done a few acting gigs. And clearly, this ain't going anywhere. I'm not going to be the next Marlon Brando. So yeah, you know. But wait, I actually never, I realized I never said with the song, but my number five is, is Unholy! That as well is on my list. And there's something about this. This is one that like way back in the summer, you know, spring and summer, we did Kiss the classic era. Then we kind of did the era with the elder and, you know, the creatures kind of like the weird in between era. And I went ahead and made a part three list right then and had my kind of 10 songs. And then I just recently revisited it. And the first, you know, like rough draft, I didn't have unholy on there, but this time I'm like, there's no way I can't have this on there because it's fucking cool. And I don't know if like I'm hearing things in my head but there's something with this song. Maybe if I'm not really listening to the song, but I hear it in my head, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like 
Stone Temple Pilots, like sex type thing, and like Danzig, like from Lucifuge. It's hmm. kind of got like that, like, like what was the one on Danzig too? Was it like, like Snakes of Christ? Oh, Snakes or of something. Christ, yeah. It's got that kind of. <laughs> it's got. I don't know. They both kind of have that pounding kind of boom, yeah. boom. Boom. In my head, these songs, those three songs all have the same kind of vibe. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, they have it. It's your feelings. But yeah. It's your feelings on the song. So I love that song. And for the same reasons you mentioned at the beginning is in the fact that it's like this was finally the moment where you heard like Gene coming back into his own. Yeah. It was exactly. like him finally working the demon Gene, you know, yeah. the demon Simmons personality from the classic era. It finally worked back into the band in the non-makeup era. It was like he never, his role was never significant. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was never like a unique thing all through the 80s. It was like he was the guy just writing the really shitty lyrics. They were <laughs> laughable the whole fucking time. Yeah. Like some of it catchy, you know. I mean, burn, bitch, burn. I kind of laugh every time. Just the title yeah. alone yeah. and... Put a log in your fireplace, or whatever he says. Is that the song that he had? I feel like yeah. he's got that line in that one. Yeah. I mean, there's just some real fucking like turd moments. But it's like there's he- even something too where sorry to go off on this thing, but I even listened to this song earlier today, and he's like, "She wore lingerie oh and nothing God. in between." Well, what would be? What would you wear in between lingerie I, and yeah. like like nothing else? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. But no, so to me, it's like, I think Unholy, I think really that his songs on this record, he finally managed to take like the demon personality and put it in songs. Yeah. Versus like in the 70s, his songs would be kind of like sleazy, but he's like a demon. So then like, I don't know, you fucking yeah. fast forward to the 80s and he's writing these sleazy songs that aren't as good. And yeah. he doesn't have the demon persona, so it's like, what the fuck's this guy even doing here? Like, yeah. You know, he just looks bad on fucking camera, and it just isn't <laughs> working. But then, like, so now it's like, yeah, Revenge comes out. He's got, like, a darker image. All of a sudden, the songs start to, like, embody the personality that he had in the 70s. Yeah. So he didn't have to have the makeup on because he was actually, like, putting that out there without the makeup, but through the songs. I kind of wish... They didn't reunite like with the originals and do the makeup when they did because it's like Gene finally, yeah, found like his like identity in these songs and then boom and then they get back yeah. together and it kind of just well. And the thing is, like, here's the deal too, like, but on. like a Revenge Two and a Revenge Three and a Revenge which Four, Carnival, they might have just been like sucky. Which Carnival you know? was like? Yeah. It was supposed to be like the follow up to Revenge and it was heavier than Revenge, but yeah, we all bash that record but if it actually was going to be released because if you remember it wasn't actually released yeah it was released after the fact like yeah shelved and then they just decided to put it out well now it got like bootlegged or something so yeah, we got, have to yeah. put it out so let's just say that the reunion never happened they would have gone through that and they probably would have shaved a few songs off the track listing maybe some stuff would have got re-recorded maybe there would have been some overdubs that would have made some of the yeah. songs a little better like Production wise, sonically, whatever, yeah. right? Like, we probably would not have gotten that version that we have. Oh, okay, yeah. Or maybe I'm fucking totally wrong, but I think they would have. I don't know. They chased the dollar, man. They yeah. just 
they did what every band does and yeah like i guess like what's that phrase lightning in a bottle revenge was cool it was like you know it actually was kiss being cool again right. and having good songs and all that stuff so yeah it would have been diminishing returns if they would have done that like you know yeah. two or three more times yeah maybe or maybe so, not i don't know so unholy was on my list as well what was that your number two i'll go well it was number three my next pick since I'm completely out of order now. Thanks, Sorry. Thanks to you. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Excited. That's cool. Great song, man. Cool riff. I mean, it's one of those that kicks off and you're kind of like, yeah, dude, this is... Oh, Isn't that another opening play, track? The guitar yeah. playing is almost kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exciter. But no, it's kind of like it grabs you right from the beginning like, "Oh fuck, okay, this record's going to be different." Like, obviously, different guitar player and everything, but it kind of gets you excited for the record, you know? Like, and it's I think Lick It Up's a really solid album, but I will say that I almost think that this song sets the record up to fail. And I say that because even though I like the record, I feel like this song makes you think it's going to be better than what it ends up being. Because it's such a strong opening track, and it almost it has like an energy that maybe the rest of the album doesn't really have. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I can I can kind of get that because yeah, like lick it up. I would just say it's a solid album. I wouldn't say I love it. Yeah, it's not. But it's a solid. It's not album. one fucking awesome song after another. Yeah, but you can put it on, and every song is cool enough to just keep going into the next one. But there's not that many songs where you're like, oh fuck yeah, yeah, that's amazing, yay. Um, but. You know, but that song, that's why, I guess that's why I say I think it sets the record up to fail because yeah. it kind of almost, it comes out swinging so fucking hard that, you know, it's maybe not like uh, technically the best sorry. song as far as like a catchy songwriter kind of song, but as far as like a hard rock, heavy metal record, like it's like, oh shit, Kiss is going to finally give us like, yeah, this is going to be the next step, man. This is going to be the next logical step of like a progression of heaviness after creatures but then like you don't really at the end of the day you don't get that you know mm. i don't feel i mean it's kind of what i said like the diminishing returns like they stayed in that space or yeah. something they, they obviously yeah. the 80s they were trying to figure this their place out yeah i don't think they ever really quite figured it out until revenge yeah you know it was just a lot of hit and miss type of shit you know probably more miss than hits if we're being honest i think even this was a year ago denny said something like that kind of makes sense going back to what you said kiss and like don dockin were older than people in the 80s they were older than poison they were older right. than cinderella they were older than couldn't well, quite even get Motley Crue. So they were just kind of old dudes. So what girls are going to be attracted to these old dudes? No, I get it. Yeah, that's I'm, well. Yeah, I think that's kind of the nail on the head there. So I only have two left. I don't know where oh, you're okay. at. So I've got four left. So then maybe I should do my three and four. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, do so I'll do the next two. I'll go back to back. My number four, probably one I'll get kicked in the nuts for. Maybe by like Bob or maybe Denny. I don't know. But I don't care. This is my list. And I stand yeah. by. Yeah. I stand by Those it. Oh, yeah. I stand by it. The good news is Bob has no idea how to fight. So you could totally take him. <laughs> God, I'd be like taken down in like two seconds. Yeah, you just have well, to look at me and I'd go, ah, hey, me and you both at the same time. So, yeah. So, anyways, my number four is Forever from Hot in the Shade. It's Paul in a co write with Michael Bolton. Yeah.
I kind of think that this is something where it's like, I don't know. I think it's a good ballad, and I kind of like the video where it's a black and white, but then they kind of do some splashes of color, and it kind of has this acoustic thing with the with the rock thing. Power ballad, you know. It's... Yeah, but there's something that I've noticed. With some of those power ballads or ballads in the 80s, they all sound like the drums are, like, programmed, and they're not really drums. But this has, like, it's actual instruments. Because I guess the Def Leppard stuff, it had the program drums, so then that was a hit. So everybody did, like, the programmy yeah, I mean, drums. I, but this kind of doesn't sound like it's programmed, and it sounds like it's got acoustic stuff in I it. I don't hate this song. It didn't make my list, but I knew you had it on your list. Because oh, really? when I said Michael Bolton's name earlier, you had a look. Like, uh, like you said earlier, like, you've got the worst poker face. Like, yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> hey, Kelly, if we get married... Forever is getting played. Oh, dude, You're on notice now. Forever. Swear to God, I got asked to play that at a wedding. Oh, really? And I had to tell the guy, like, dude, I am not your guy. I cannot sing that fucking yeah. song. I'm not saying because I wouldn't be willing to. Fuck, if I could sing that song, I would sing that at everybody's wedding. <laughs> but I yeah. can't sing that song. Like, I don't I, – I had to tell the guy, like, I'm flattered you think I could actually fucking do this. But, like, there's no way. It's a fucking, yeah. like, it's up there, man. And that is not my fucking cup of tea. Like, you want me to go nasally sing some fucking Bob Dylan and Neil Young? Like, I could probably pull that off, but, yeah. you know, you know, some shit that requires, like, this much fucking talent. <laughs> yeah. Just, but anything like that, like, no, fuck no. Like, goddamn, what's your next request? You want me to fucking follow it up, do an encore of I Remember You by Skid Row? Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. Oh, all right. Well, that's my number four. I don't have much to say about it. I think it's a good ballad. So my number three is, I said when I first made this list in the springtime or the summertime, this one was my number one. But then when I revisited, I downgraded it. I was like, so it fell down a few spots because I just got kind of almost bored with it because it's got the same kind of chuggy, 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 chuggy thing the whole time. And it kind of stays in the spot. I think it kind of stays. Oh, no. Tears are uh, falling. Chugga, 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 chugga. Tears are falling. It's kind of funny because... Like, talking about music videos and how we said they were so boring in Lick It Up, this one, like, Paul Stanley does a Tarzan swing, and it oh, makes Jesus. me, like, crack up. But he looks so awful because he's got, like, shoulder pads, like, B. Arthur shoulder pads in this pink jacket, and it's, like, he's got, like, I think yellow gloves or something, and it's just, like, he just looks so fucking awful. Like, he looks like a fucking, like, rainbow threw up on him or something. That's great. Like the animalized cover. He just looks like an ugly fucking, like, PBS, you know, character or something. <laughs> I like that. That's but, a good uh, But, yeah, Tears Are Farland is a cool song, and it's one they, they've kind of done it a few times in this modern era, but it just kind of has this kind of chugga, chugga, chugga. But then I looked at it, and the chugga, chugga, chugga thing, I think... I read something in an article a while ago where Bruce Kulick says they kind of borrowed that chuggy chugga chugga from like sugar pie honey bunch from the four tops. And that goes back to the Paul Stanley Motown fixation thing. There you go. So 
Bruce Springsteen had a song called Sandy, so I just thought, why not write a song called Shandy? <laughs> There's always um, that, you know? Dude, I feel like we could yeah. do a, a part two of this episode because I feel like I expected to touch on, which you still have a couple songs, but I felt like I, I expected to touch on a few more songs that just didn't get touched on. And yeah. Like, I'm almost sad they're not on the list, but... Yeah, because my next two are probably pretty predictable. So I have... Yeah, I got two yeah, left as well. I got so two. I'm going to go a little out of order because now I'm kind of feeling like... It's just tough. Like, like I always say, like, usually I'll have, like, a definitive number one. In this case, I definitely did. But everything else is pretty interchangeable within the top five. So this was a single, but I don't know if it's a single that that many people remember. But hide your heart. It's a great pop song. On this end of the road tour, how I said they did Crazy Nights. Right before I saw them in Moline, they did that song, Hide Your Heart. And I was hoping... That when they did the Moline show, they would do that. Oh. But they dropped it because oh. I'm thinking maybe the end of the road tour was maybe too Paul Stanley heavy. So they needed more Gene songs. So they did Calling Dr. Love in place uh, of that. I guess but that's yeah, a I like staple, Hide Your Heart. It's Hide like, Your Heart's a great song. Yeah. Man. Well, it's almost like their version of, it's almost like uh, Living on a Prayer, right? Like, yeah. you got Tommy used to work on a duck. Oh, yeah. And then... Tito. Now I can't even get that song in my head. Tito, Tito on the streets. King of the streets. It's that same kind of like the love story of talking Rita about. Rita had a lover on the shady side of town. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is kind of Bon Jovi-ish. So, yeah, it kind of has that same kind of thing lyrically, right? But even though it's a little cheesy and stuff, it's got charm. Like, that's one where it's like, okay, it's cheesy, but it's charming. Honestly, out of all of their singles they ever put out in the 80s, I would say this should have been the bigger song. This is, I think, the better pop song out of all their stuff. Yeah. I think it should have been bigger than Lick It Up. I think it should have been bigger than Heaven's on Fire. I think Lick It Up just had a little bit more of, like, you know, like Gene's known for the tongue thing, so it kind of fit that personality. I think, like, in your mind, even though the video didn't fucking do anything for that. So I think Hide Your Heart was just, yeah, it was a little more, it was a little more pop than maybe people wanted from Kiss, but... It's a great song, man. Like, and yeah. I got a lot of guilty pleasures. I could do a whole separate episode from this era and call it the guilty pleasures non-makeup era. And I swear to God, I could give you a whole other 10 songs I really like. Yeah. I mean, I could give you a fucking, I like uh, all night. It's dumb as fuck. But when you work all day and you don't know why. The song is so fucking bad, and I yeah. love it, you know? And it's not on my list, but it's like I do – when I'm in the mood, man, when I'm in a certain mood, I go down this rabbit hole of going through all this kiss, this era of kiss, and I go through a different list of fucking songs than what I have on this list right now, you know? Yeah. So, And I don't want to say too much because I don't know what you got on your list, but I can't – I don't have my glasses on, so I'm not going to be able to read that shit upside down. All right. Plus, you don't exactly write like a school teacher, so. Oh, well, like one of my old bosses, Javier, said, he always said, do you write that with your feet? 
<laughs> nice. I love that. That cracks me up all the time. But, what is uh, your next to the last? I don't know. Well, you're actually on track. You're number two. <laughs> next to the top. And my number two is uh, all oh, night. Fuck. There's no way I could dude, have that on there, dude. dude. I, love, I love that song. I could almost dude. tell by the look on your yeah. face that it was coming. That's why I took a drink, so I wouldn't have to look at you. I just kind of took a drink and looked at well, the dude, ceiling. Well, dude, like I said, like, guilty pleasure. I get it. Like, yeah. I love that fucking song. The lyrics are so ridiculous, but it works. I think that one should have been a fucking hit in the 80s because, I mean, yeah. it was technically, but... Work all day and you up all night. Right. I think maybe Slaughter just came out with, you know, up all night and it was too close. And then it was like, maybe. you know, maybe one of those things where... Nobody remembered this anymore yeah. after that. I don't know. But I'm with you, dude. I, I just had a song, thing man. in my head, too. When I'm hearing this song, there should have been a video. You know, I think the 80s was too set on those videos where they're performance videos. And they're, like, showing them on stage. And they got, like, a fake live crowd. And they do the swinging crane shots. And that's all the 80s videos. Should have just been Paul fucking grinding. Just no. air humping and fucking spandex. This one should have been something where, I don't know, maybe done like a village people thing. Where like Eric Carr's like a construction worker. <laughs> and like Paul Stanley's like, he's like a lunch lady or something. I was going to say. And Bruce is working pushing paper. And all of a sudden, they're waiting for that 5 o'clock to punch a clock. And then, boom, they punch the clock. And then hanging out at some, you know, bar drinking and partying at a strip club i don't know but it should have been like olivia newton john jobs and like like olivia newton john's physical video (laughs) but it should have just been paul (laughs) and spandex like dancing and singing and then a bunch of greased up men and he just walks around touching them and dancing on them and you know he wanted to (laughs) well you're just a big strong man you got uh, oh night. you look like you've been working all all day and you don't know why? I don't know, man. I think they should have done like the village people thing where they're all working these. They've all got these menial jobs and then boom, five o'clock. I could see Gene as a construction worker. Yeah. Paul as a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a cowboy just walking down the street. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. All right. Well, that was my number two. Ugh, all right. All night. You even did that with Jason. Or I think you just did it one time because I said play uh, all night and you kind of did the oh I just jacked around the riff yeah so I did cover hide your heart now that you say that yeah. I forgot but me and Jason were doing that acoustic yeah. when we were doing those acoustic yeah so I sets. think that's probably why I was like oh, all night well I've only got one left it's up there with exciter a million to one I don't want to say no <laughs> it's not that it's not up there with King of the Mountain because I feel like King of the Mountain is the best out of all these kinds of songs but I feel yeah. like it's that same kind of song. Anyway, you slice it. No, no, I do like that song yeah. though. I like that. Let me let me keep song. guessing. Into the fire. Oh, I was gonna go to revenge and be like, Yeah, uh, I feel like I had enough revenge spit. on here. So, anyhow, I don't have too much to say. I just think that, you know, I've had enough Into the Fire. Great rock oh. song. Just a solid, good hook. It's different. It's like, I, it's just one of those songs that I feel like they shot for something a little different. Yeah. And their playing is a little bit higher bar than 
what it is on some of the other stuff. Like they kind of they reached and they fucking hit it. You know what I mean? Like so. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. They jumped from the fucking free throw line and they dunked it just like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Nothing but net. Not sure that's an analogy that works. But. It's funny that your number one is from Animalize because <laughs> so is mine. Woo. And really, I hate to say this, but Animalize. It's not one I really like, and it's not one I really go to. But I know that Denny, he's got the animalized back patch and stuff. I feel like with animalized, they were just doing, it just sounds to me like generic 80s rock. And the only two songs I like on this album are the first two. Your song, and then mine. That's that is Kiss. I love that song. Heaven's on fire. I agree with it to the sense that it's definitely like a definitive Kiss song. Yeah, I loved it so fucking much when I was younger and first like getting into all this stuff. I don't know what it is about that song, but it's kind of grown off of me. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's and Harry hasn't helped. Okay, like he's played this goddamn song yeah. so many times that I didn't hardly need to hear it again. But I definitely now. After the last like month of him discovering it and just fucking playing that video all the time, yeah. Now I really never need to fucking hear it again. Yeah, he. Yeah, like I said, the playlist of like three or four songs, he's got those three. But I tell you what, the one. But thing, hey, at least he's like you know getting into the one your thing stuff. about this song is like he was sitting down here one day and I was playing guitar and he comes down and he's just sitting there watching me and doing his own thing, playing video games or something and. He ain't paying attention to what I'm doing, right? And then all of a sudden I start playing the riff, you know? Dude, without a beat, he just starts singing it. Awesome. <laughs> He's just yeah. like, he just fucking loves it. Like, oh yeah, dad knows how to play. I could bust into any of those songs and he just starts singing along. But then the bad part is then I go back to playing like whatever. I'm trying to write something or whatever and I'm playing and then he just starts screaming, lick it up over the top of whatever I'm trying to write. So so if my oh, next man. if my next song that I put out sounds, you know, too much like Lick It Up or Heaven's on Fire, it's Harry's fault. Well you should do that. He's influencing me, like screaming. Yeah. He's like, No, lick it up, lick it up. He just starts screaming over the top of my shitty songs. Like I read something today. He's a good kid. A Bon Jovi heard Heaven's on Fire. He called up Desmond Child and he's like, I want to work with you. So that kind of sparked There you go. That whole thing. It's weird because Paul Stanley worked with Desmond Child and they had their thing. But then Bon Jovi worked with Desmond Child and they like took off and like blew up. But then Paul Stanley's still down here. Well, he made I mean, those were hits back in the day. Like Desmond Yeah, but Child I guess he did was like, lift Kiss's career at a time yeah. where they really were not yeah. doing much commercially. But it's just that, like, Bon Jovi, it was taken to a whole fucking yeah. other level. Yeah. So, I mean, unfair to really compare because... Yeah, know. but I guess Bon Jovi wasn't doing shit like... Uh... Well, they were nobody. Kiss was already somebody. Yeah. So you're trying to, like, revive... You're trying to revive yeah. a career that already was huge that people have already kind of, like, written off. You know, that's a different thing than, like, a new, fresh artist that's, like, you know... 20, yeah, but I don't 20, think Bon Jovi would put 20s. out anything like Read My Body. That's <laughs> probably not. Well, he's put out some shit, but I don't know. Are the letters big enough? God. <laughs> God, that, that's the one that's almost, it's almost quite a guilty pleasure, but it's not because I'm like, it's too bad. Like, it's too shitty. It is. Yeah. 
I don't mean to like cut this off, but yeah. I feel like this has been a long episode. I didn't yeah. expect it to be this long, but and we still got to put clips in there. Yeah, Shit. so it's gonna be a long one, but it's been fun. I enjoyed this. Yeah, man. dude. All right. Until next time. Thank you, people. Thank you, people. Woo!